and hello there. It is a new week. It is a brand new Boomer Memes. My name is Ian Sharp. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Friday. This is the day I normally release new episodes, but this week has been crazy hectic. And, you know, oftentimes I would just cancel it for the week and then just do it next week. But also, this week hasn't just been hectic for me. It's been a crazy news week. There's been a lot going on. And I felt like I would be remiss if I did not, you know, scream into the void about some of this stuff. So here I am, ready to hopefully entertain. But first, I got a few plugs I need to make. Um, well, really, just one at this point. May 6th, coming up. May 6th, that's a Saturday in May. Uh, I am starting my own showcase. It should be a, a good time. It is going to be at the Dark Roast. Um, I am going to go ahead and announce it here for all of you, for you listeners, but the actual public announcement that I'll start blasting everywhere will come next week. That's also when tickets will go on sale. I may do a discount code for listeners of the show. So, and it won't be like printed anywhere. I'll just say it uh, in the next episode, if that's the case. Um, so the plan is to release tickets on Friday with next week's episode. So if you're, if you listen to the show first, there may be a discount code. I haven't figured that out yet. I need to talk to the venue before I make that decision, but I think that's cool. Cause you know, it's not going to be a ton of you guys, but some of you guys will get a, get a deal. I'm thinking of maybe two bucks off right now. Um, the cover is going to be $10, but I, I figure eight, uh, for listeners of the show, probably a good deal. So that's just something I'm throwing out there. Um, of course, I think I'm going to let comics in for free. So if you're a comedian and you're not booked on the show and you want to come check it out, just shoot me a message. I'll make sure you get put on any guest list that goes out. It's not a big deal. All right. So this show is going to start at nine o'clock. It's going to be a late. Well, actually it's going to, uh, doors at nine. I think the actual show starts at nine 30, uh, maybe a little later. You know how things go. Um, because this is, uh, the name of the show is stand up after dark. I know, it's completely unique, but you know what? I feel like there's so many gimmicky shows now, so many kishy shows with fun, kishy names. Um, and, and to me, it just makes the most sense to just straight up advertise what the show is, what people are seeing. So this is going to be stand up after dark. It plays on the name of the venue, the dark roast, which I've said before, and I'll say it again, probably the best name for a place for a comic like me to do a set at. I think it's, it's crazy just how this hadn't occurred to me before, but it, everything aligns. They're super on board with everything I want to do. Um, I did explain what my vision for the show sort of is. And, and I should clarify to all of you, I guess it's not a dark humor show. I, originally that was my thought. I should do a dark humor show, but I've kind of dialed back on that just based on the fact that let's be honest, folks. I, I think I've got a lock on dark humor in this town and I don't want to have to make other comics write whole new sets just to keep up with what, I'm doing, especially if that's not what they want to be doing anyway. And I, that, that shouldn't limit comics who I think are funny, but maybe aren't dark from participating in this sort of thing. So, you know what? I decided to scrap, dark. but I did tell all the comics that if there was ever a show where you wanted to try some of that kind of material and you wanted to, you, you know, you felt more free to do it. This is it. It is very dark humor friendly, but it's not exclusively dark humor. So I, I need to make that clear. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. Let's go over this lineup. It's going to be a, a killer lineup. We got uh, hosting hosting the show is friend of the show, good buddy Ben Levine. Uh, I made him promise that he's going to do actual stand up and not some weird experimental art stuff that is going to make everybody angry. He's only doing five minutes, uh, so don't don't be afraid of Ben. I think it'll be a good time. Got uh, Reed Landry on the show, also a good buddy of mine. I've been trying to get him on this show. He, he he turns out that the normal days that I record, he's usually got stuff going on, so it's really hard to make that happen. But I would love to have him on soon. Reed is a good guy, very very funny comic. Um, also on this show, I I did it, folks. I pulled him out of retirement. I've made the claim before that if I ever book a show, this guy has a standing invite to do time on it because I he's my favorite comic in town. Ben, uh, Ben Dalby, everybody, Ben Dalby is, is going to be on this show. He's making his big comeback. That's going to be fun. Uh, of course, also a friend of the show, Chris Hill, he hooks me up. I hook him up. That's just the way I operate. Uh, 
Bridget Martin is coming on the show, mostly because she was the first person I asked, because when I was originally putting the show together, I was thinking of doing it as a dark humor show. And honestly, if anyone in town can keep up with me on that level, it's Bridget. Bridget has a filthy mind, and that was part of what I love about her. Um, also, special guest coming in from Nashville. I've done shows with him. Had a really fun time hanging out with him after the show. Uh, Corey Perry from Nashville is coming down. He's going to be on this. He's doing a big, long set. And I am going to close out the show and headline. Now, I want to comment on that because I've been told that that's in poor taste to headline your own show that you're booking. And and I, I did consider that, but I, I thought about it this way. First off, I do want to kind of test my own ability to book and promote myself as an act to see how, you know, when it's not just an open mic that people can catch any time, it is an actual show that I put on and put my hard work into where it's my brand and my comedy is kind of what's being showcased. I just want to test that and see what's out there right now. See if I, if I can do it, if I can build, you know, pull a crowd, that's really what I want to know. And if I fail at it, I fail at it. Lesson learned. But I, I'm not doing this to, to showcase my, my vanity or my ego. That's literally what this show is for. Um, that show, I'm just going to perform the best fucking comedy I can and hope that it makes everybody happy. But I've been doing pretty good at the past couple mics I've gone up at. So I, I'm feeling I'm riding pretty high. I think it's going to be a good time. You know, but a lot can happen between now and then. We've, we're just over a month away. So uh, who knows? But also, you know, in music, there's a sort of customary thing where if you're a band and you're booking your friends from out of town, you don't make them headline. Even if they technically are a bigger band or a bigger draw, it's sort of a courtesy you do because the later a show goes on, people start to get tired and bail out early. So it's usually, unless the band is just massive and they're the main, main, main draw, if like it's a your friend's band who hasn't quite built an audience yet, you put them on right before you so that that way everyone can bail. Like if anyone's going to bail during anybody's set, it'll be during mine. And so I'm not, you know, that way it's, I'm taking the hit on that. Basically that's the way I sort of see it. It also gives me an opportunity, like I said, to flesh out. It's my show. I have, can give myself as much time as I want. Uh, I can film it and get a lot of good tape out of it. Um, I'm, that's really the, the, the main thing I'm looking to do here. I'm not really trying to make a lot of money. I do want to make enough to pay everybody and I would like to make a little myself, but that's secondary to, you know, just the experience of the whole ordeal. Um, I will of course pay, you know, comics, I'm not going to stiff them. Like if I, if I take a hit to, to make sure comics get paid, I'll do that because that's what kind of guy I am. Also, um, sort of what I'm putting together is sort of the theme of this show. If, if it does become a recurring theme is I, I really want to showcase local talent. You know, you've got Jeff's show where he really brings a lot of out of town talent in and puts a few locals on with him. And I think that's great. And I'm, I'm, I like what he's doing. I've, I've always said that. I think that that should continue as is. And I don't want my show to step on his toes and try and emulate what he's doing. I want our brands to be distinct and separate and thrive, you know, independently. Um, and so what I'm thinking of doing is really focusing on locals. And while I'm headlining this one, if we do another one, I'll just host that one and let some other local who feels ready to do a longer headlining set book them as the headliner. I have talked to some other out-of-towners about coming on and doing a headlining set at some point. Um, so that may also happen, but I, I definitely want to give local, if locals want a big chunky set, they want to try a 30 minute or, or maybe even longer uh, and they feel like they're ready for it. We can talk. I do want to see like some examples of them crushing, you know, before I put my name on something because that's that, you know, that's, that's how it goes. And it may be that like, that's why I don't want to make it a monthly thing because if it's monthly and it's, it's on a set recurring schedule, then there's a time crunch. And then you, you know, in a scene that's honestly as small as ours is right now, that gives me a few runs before I run out of stuff. So instead what I'm thinking I'm going to do is just whenever it, the time is right. And it feels like a good time to do another one. So it's like a pop-up party kind of situation. That's sort of the vision I'm running with now. Of course, everything is fluid. The show might be a bomb. It might not, it might not be worth thinking about doing again, but it's an idea. It's something worth trying. It's me taking a risk, putting myself out there. It's what you're supposed to do as an entertainer. So, um, that's, I'm really excited to announce that and talk about that. Um, that's, 
all I have to say about that. I hope you guys come May 6th at the Dark Roast. Tickets go on sale next week. Love to see you there. It'll be a great time. Um, let's get into the meat of the episode, though, because who I got to be careful with this one, guys. This is one that if I if I kind of ramble on, I'm not drinking for this. I've actually drank way too much already this week, so I'm taking a little time off. Let my body restored where I don't just feel tired and nauseous as a default. Um, that you know normally happens. I normally bounce back you know pretty quickly, but just going on the tear that I went on at the front half of this week, it it's taken a little bit of time to uh, calm down. But we're we're getting there. But yeah, I can't get drunk. I can't ramble about this topic because it might be the end of this show if I say the wrong thing. So I do want to um, address something. You know, I I'm based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is about two hours, two and a half hours away from Nashville. And I think, you know, the whole country has talked about the news that happened at the beginning of this week. And, you know, it's important for me to address it in a respectful way, I think, because, you know, it it, it is a huge, huge tragedy and it spurred a lot of vitriol and online debate, just like Whenever an event like this happens, it's always what happens. But, um, you know, of course, I'm talking about we had yet another school shooting in this country. Um, this one is a little bit of a unique case compared to some of the others. And uh, but I think that the, the specifics are the secondary thing here. I mean, I am I'm very interested in motive. Apparently, there was a manifesto. I have not I don't know how much of that's ever going to get released. I don't know how tasteful it would be to release, but I, I feel like whenever something horrible like this happens, I, I it, it would help me, you know, I guess with closure or whatever you want to call it, to understand more about why it happened. And, you know, maybe some could say it's none of my business. And I, I think a story this big, when it's dominating this much of the national conversation, I think it sort of becomes everybody's business to a degree. And I don't think we should like, you know, I know that they've, I don't think they've even released the name of the um, of the, the shooter yet. Uh, I don't think maybe they have, but it's definitely not being blasted all over the news like it used to be. You know, where, where when something like this would happen, because I think they are making an active effort now to not celebritize these people, and I and I can respect that and understand that. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that the the number one thing that's the most important is we remember the victims, you know, the, and it's it's a horrible travesty. Um, I know there were three teachers and three students, and that's gut-wrenching. I, I hate that, you know? And that's part of the thing that really irks me the most about this is, like, I mean, the assumed motive that, that you would kind of assume when you know the, the just the bare minimum about the case, the, the teachers are kind of understandable, I would say. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying it's just or anything. It just, it makes sense why someone would go after that. But then when it's, when it's the students, that's just completely, it's so heartbreaking because it's so senseless, you know? Um, but I think that, uh, the other major victim that I don't, I don't think anyone has really talked about or thought about yet, um, as a result of this, uh, it, it's, it's terrible. I've lost, four jokes from my act. I really, I, I shouldn't be telling right now. And that's, that sucks. Cause there's some of my best jokes, you know, I, I've got a bit about school shootings. I've got a bit about, um, transgender people. I have a couple of bits about transgender people and it's not making fun of transgender people. It's just look. And I, I heard this said earlier and a lot of people would take issue with the fact that I even talk about that at all. But when you've got a topic that dominates, like I said earlier about this story, but just in general, the topic of what's, you know, transgender rights and, and LGBTQ rights and all that stuff, when that dominates such a huge part of the cultural conversation, comedians are going to talk about it. And so it, and I don't think that's limited to who you are. Now I do think it, it comes down to being smart and I'm going to get into all that. Um, but yeah, I have jokes about transgender people that are probably in poor taste. Now I have jokes about transgender people having guns in schools. I probably can't tell that joke for, I don't know, like at least, a, I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably tell it on, on May 6th, but, uh, I'm probably not going to tell it, like do any warm up open mics with it for, 
you know, in the next couple weeks, at least, you know, you got to let the temperature cool down. And that's the thing that I really kind of wanted to, to get on about this, where it really, where I do think I have some authority to speak on this matter, because this being such a sensational case, the fact that it is, you know, a transgender woman who um, perpetrated this, and it's not the typical, you know, type of perpetrator that we're used to seeing in this kind of event. Um, it has created a lot of, of, you know, crazy takes and wild takes. And I know right now there are edgelord open micers just chomping at the bits to get that, to get that, ooh, I'm going to say that awful thing right now. And listen, I, I mean, you, if you listen to the show, you know, I love a dark, edgy joke. It is my bread and butter, but I do it as a way to entertain people, to make people you know, ooh, that was dicey, but we're all in this together. And I feel like when you do something like this right now, it's going to create, people aren't going to be ready for it and they're going to get upset about it and they're not going to be entertained. They're going to be annoyed or frustrated. And then you're not doing your job. You're not speaking truth to power. You're not saying the oops, naughty thing. You're just being a dick at that point. And so I think that's the important distinction. So if you're a young comic listening to this, just kind of hold off for a little while before you start bringing up this stuff. Give it, give it, give it a little bit of time to cool down. Cause here's the thing. You, there will be funny points to make about all this stuff. Again, it, there will come a time where it's not as taboo to bring something like this up. Um, all humor derives from misfortune. All humor comes from some degree of embarrassment or suffering or some kind of negativity. That's why we have humor, I think, as a way to cope with that negativity. And, you know, there, no one is trying to take that away from you by just telling you, hey, maybe cool it on the school shooter jokes for a little while, especially being so close. You know, in Chattanooga, like I said, we're only, uh, we're, we're, you know, basically a stone's throw. You can go to uh, Nashville in the afternoon and have a nice afternoon and come back home in time for dinner. You know, it's not that far away. People who were affected by this could very easily could be around. And your job is not to shock and awe them. Your job is to make them feel relief, you know, and sometimes dark, edgy stuff can do that, but it's, you gotta be, you gotta time it right. You can't, you can't just be a shithead. I don't know. That's, that's my take on that. I, I don't think any, I don't know if anyone necessarily expected me to have that. It does kind of align with what I say all the time, but it's just what I've been thinking about. Whereas like, you know, typically I am an anything goes advocate when it comes to comedy, but you also have to be smart. You can't just, it's not anything goes, it's not. Uh, it's, it's, you're, you're at the mercy of your audience and you have to perform in such a manner that your audience doesn't want, you know, you off the stage as soon as possible. You know, that's the best way I know to put it. So I would not do anything about any of that stuff for a while. You know, if, if you're a good comedian, you shouldn't have trouble coming up with other things to joke about. That's the worst thing that I think is going to come, not the worst thing that's going to come out of this. The worst thing for me and my very limited circle of people that's going to come out of this, I guess, or, or uh, is the fact that like, you know, that these edgelord comics are going to say these jokes. I'm, I know I'm saying this and everyone should hear it and everyone should go, Oh, you're right Ian and, and follow my advice. But believe it or not, folks, there's a lot of people who don't listen to this show. And you know, it's, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, I, I try my best to put it out there, but some people just don't listen to it. And those people are not going to get to hear this good advice. So you know what? You should go, you should promote this show to more people so that more people get this message. And that's uh, that, I don't know, it's just not a good idea right now, you know? I, but they're going to say the joke anyway, and then people are going to get upset, rightfully so, rightfully so. People are going to get upset, but then they're going to say that comment you always hear that they don't even know that they don't believe, but they're going to say it and think they mean it. And they're going to say it with all of their heart and soul behind it. And it's hard to argue with it at the time, even though it is very fundamentally wrong. And they will say humor like that is never funny. And that, I, you know, I just went over how if you give it time, it will be funny. 
but you have to give it time. I mean, that's an old saying. I know it's the tragedy plus time equals comedy. And, but that is true. If you have a horrible thing that happens, if you give it enough time, it becomes okay to kind of joke about it. You just have to give it the time. You know, people are going to have this really strong case for why horrible jokes are not acceptable, you know, or they're not funny. It's like, well, they're not funny right now. And I think you think you believe that right now, but I guarantee you everyone who says that has laughed at someone else's misfortune at some point in their life and will again. I believe that's true for everybody. And I think that you can, you can, I don't know, like specifically if people take issue with me saying this, that all all comedy derives from misfortune, but I, I literally every day try to find reasons like exceptions to that rule. Like, Oh, why is that funny? And yet no one is suffering any kind of misfortune. Like I was thinking today, like I think maybe the tamest thing that makes could make a person laugh. The the tamest thing that, that is the most inoffensive thing is a person who's just having fun doing a wacky dance and singing a wacky song with a funny voice, right? Who is that hurting? Well, I'll tell you who that's hurting. That's hurting me. No, I'm just kidding. The person who's doing the wacky dance is probably not doing a good dance. There's a bit of embarrassment, a bit of cringe. Now they're having fun with it and they're owning it. So it is a fun time, but that embarrassment and cringe is still there. There is still a level of misfortune. All humor derives from some degree of misfortune. And so it makes sense why the the most misfortune topics eventually become the funniest topics because especially when something is a big tragedy and is a horrible thing um, that a lot of people have to deal with. And is, and like I said, is justifiably not funny for a while because it's not funny for a while. We, our brains sort of reset on that idea and we, we don't, we get used to not laughing when we hear things about that. We get used to that idea. And so it, it, it really sort of, like I said, resets our brains, I guess. And so when enough time has passed and the, 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 the emotional wounds have healed, the pain is gone, someone makes that joke, it clicks that you know, trigger in your brain that you, because you weren't expecting it now. And now it's the sharpest left turn. It is the biggest surprise because, oh my God, I can't believe you just went there. Now, if you do it in a way that's just completely disrespectful and not funny at all, uh, then you're fucked anyway. Like you're not, it's, you're not doing it effectively. You're not being an effective communicator. Um, but like I said, I know, I know that this is going to be a hard time, especially for me, because I, like I said, that's a big chunk of my act that's now it's going to have to sit, but it's okay. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get to do it again. I mean, what sucks is it's just, you know, it's every so often I have to do this. Normally it's just the one though, either like there was a horrible transgender thing in the news that about like a person's rights getting, you know, horribly disrespected or something like that. And then now it's just in bad taste to do the trans jokes for a little while. And so I need to calm down or, or there's just a school shooting and it's a crazy white guy, you know, and he's, you know, it's the typical guy who does the, does the shooting. And uh, maybe probably can't do the school shooting jokes for like, you know, a couple weeks. And so I got to dial that one back. Let it, let things cool down. Let the simmer drop down to just a, a nice little steam. And usually then at that, by then it's, it's probably fine as long as you're smart about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's sort of my, my take on all this. I, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really qualified to speak into the, uh, about the actual event itself, really. I mean, other than just stating the obvious that it is a tragedy. And, you know, I think that anyone who wouldn't call that a tragedy is probably a, you know, not someone that anyone needs to associate with. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too, I don't think that's a spicy take. Um, but you know, I don't know. The, I mean, the, the aspect, the transgender aspect of it is kind of weird, right? We can say that we can say that that's weird. You know, a lot of people, I mean, I, a lot of the, the, uh, the people you would expect, you know, are trying to push the narrative like, see, this is transgender violence. It's, it's becoming more widespread. I think they, 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 I think they found out that there's, I heard this secondhand on a podcast. So take, take that for what you will. It could be complete bullshit, but I've heard that there's like in United States history, there's been three transgender mass shooters ever. 
you know, and there's a lot more mass shootings than three. So, you know, it it makes sense that no, you you know, you can't. Hey, look, we want to normalize transgender people, right? Well, now look, they're you know they're now normal, like you know, white guys, people, white men, straight white men, the people who run the world, you know, are typically the mass shooters. Well, now. Hey, transgender people are catching up to white men. That's good. We should celebrate that. I mean, I wish they'd find a different way to do it, but you know, I, I don't know. I I think it's pretty obvious that this is not like going to become an epidemic. And I think that anyone freaking out about it, it's probably a little, um, a little goofy in the, in the noggin. I don't know. How, I mean, trying to, trying to be a better person, figure out the best way I can say, is that the correct way to say that because i know the other word that i have used before is not good so uh, i think goofy in the noggin that seems seems innocuous enough it seems like it's probably fine um so hey let's support our transgender friends uh let's help them find more constructive ways to uh you know become you know more normalized in society because i know that like hey look what's more normal than a school shooting today you know in 2023 right so it makes sense why you would think that that's the way to get there, but I think that's probably a poor choice. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, talk to my friends and make sure that they know, Hey, look, you know, if you're thinking about that, if you're thinking about that. Hey, I need, I really need people to notice me. Maybe do something with your hair, you know, get a, get a new haircut, you know, I don't know. Uh, or if you're going to be violent, like, you know what I miss? You know what I think that more people should go back to? You know, we used to, we got all these school shootings now. It's people who are unhinged and they, I, I guess, you know, it's people say it's access to guns. People say it's access to mental health. I think, why not both? It's probably both, uh, you know, but it's probably, probably a combination of the two. I think we should look at both of them, uh, you know, and, and, and not consider one as the, the main one versus the other one. Say like, it's probably both. Uh, and maybe even some other factors that we haven't even considered yet. I'm not a smart guy, really. So I don't, I just have a big vocabulary. So I don't really know what's going on there. But um, I don't know. I just feel like we should, uh, we, you know, what we should go back to is road rage. Remember road rage? Good old fashioned road rage. You know what? Speaking of stereotypes and speaking of people who are mostly inclined to do things, you know, you one thing that makes me, I mean, if I was ever going to do any kind of like horrible violence, it would probably be because of traffic, because I, you know, listen, they, you can't believe the narratives people say, they say like, Oh, bad, you know, Oh, you're dealing with horrible traffic, you know, horrible drivers, like literally every day of my life, especially since post pandemic, something happened during that year off where people just went fucking crazy and forgot how to drive. And people say, Oh, who's the worst drivers? Oh, it's probably women or Asian people. Listen, Folks, I drive pretty much every day and pretty much every time I drive, I feel like I encounter a possible near death experience, some kind of harrowing ordeal because some idiot doesn't know how to drive. Sometimes it's a lady. Sometimes it's a guy. I'm going to say that's probably about 50, 50. Um, I encounter an Asian person some like sometimes i mean we there there are asian people that live in my vicinity but they're not anywhere near the majority so if you think that it was women and asian people who were the cause of all the bad driving that it would predominantly be them i would be encountering on the road but oh it's all kinds of people it's a lot of people um but if i had to narrow it into one group if i had to take all of these bad drivers and say you know what it's those kind of people those are the bad ones um they do have one thing in common that I notice, and I, it's probably just due to my area because I do live very close to those people. Um, and, and I used to live, you know, more when you live like further up into the state, it gets a little more rural and you don't see as many of those people around. But when you're, you know, where I am, you know, pretty close to downtown, um, I'm in East Ridge, which is I'm right next to the Georgia border. And it's always people with Georgia plates who don't know how to fucking drive, learn how to fucking drive. You, know, you guys talk about how good your fucking college football team is. You know what? 
you know what your college football team knows how to do? Drive a football down the fucking field. You guys should take a cue from them and learn how to drive. Our fucking team apparently, so I mean, I guess they were good this year. I don't really watch football, but I'm just saying, like, I don't hate people from Georgia. A lot of my close friends are, I have very close friends from Georgia. I know a few Georgian people. Um, but I'm just saying, whenever I am driving down the road and someone cuts me off or someone is going 15 below the posted speed limit for no discernible reason, uh, or for whenever two cars are in both lanes of Ringgold Road and they're going the exact same speed and no one's passing or slowing down and they're just blocking all traffic behind them. Um, it's Georgia plates every time, every time, you know what living in East Ridge. Sometimes, sometimes I want to take me a little trip down to Fort Oglethorpe because it's actually been built up quite a bit in the past, uh, in the past several years and has a lot of neat little restaurants that we don't have up in my neck of the woods. And it's not too far away. It's got the nicest Walmart in the area by far. Um, so if I ever have to go to like a big Walmart, that's the one I want to go to. It has a Del Taco. We don't have a Del Taco. Uh, so I have to go to Fort Oglethorpe if I want a Del Taco. And you know what I do when I go to Fort Oglethorpe? I drive per all the signs that I see on the way there. If there's a speed limit posted, I go that speed limit, or sometimes five over that speed limit. You got to be careful when you're out of state because if the, the cops see an out-of-state plate, you know, taking advantage of their legal system. They don't like that. So I, I only really push it with about five over. I always use turn signals. I make sure that I'm passing in the left lane and I'm, you know, being careful and, and, and courteous. But I don't know, man. I'm sorry to turn this into me just bitching about traffic, but that's what I'm saying. Like, instead of school shootings, maybe if we put the fear of God into some of these fucking drivers, maybe I could go get a fucking hamburger on my lunch break and get back in time to watch something on YouTube and not have to just scarf my food down and clock back in with no time, like, really to enjoy my break at all because I was stressed out the whole time because I was behind some fucking idiot who couldn't wouldn't get out of my fucking way. Anyway. Moving on, let's, that's, that's my point there. I, I you know, I, I just felt like it needed to be said. Um, yeah. So there's only really one other big news story and I touched on it last time, but it's, it's come around again. And actually, thanks to my delay, um, as of yesterday, it really took a big turn. Our former president, Donald Trump has been indicted. So it, it did happen, you know, um, I think early Yesterday morning, this was Thursday, um, early Thursday morning, there was a lot of talk about how the grand jury was going to go on a month hiatus, <laughs> you know? And so a lot of the pundits were thinking like, oh, they're putting it off. You know, they're trying to, it's the, they're trying to get at weasel out of having to make this really hard decision. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so a month long hiatus. And so that's what everyone kind of expected. Then at the tail end of the day, right before clocking out at the end of their, their, their shift, they roll out this indictment and then they go on their break, which is a smart move. If you're going to drop a, a hammer like that, that's like the, that's, that's the time to be like, Hey, yeah, here's this uh, book report. Anyway, I'll see you next month and then let everyone else uh, sort it out, you know? But, uh, yeah, he's been indicted. Uh, they say that Monday morning he will be arrested. They said there's not going to be like a perp walk. He won't be in handcuffs. Um, and he's going to plead not guilty, which, you know, of course. Um, but it's crazy, you know. And a lot of people are upset about this. They say there's going to be, that it's the, the wrong thing to do. And, you know, of course all the, the election conspiracy stuff comes back up. And um, all the, the normal wackadoo shit you would expect. But um, the, the one thing that like it really that, that is, was my sticking point and it's going to probably be the focus of probably the rest of this episode is the idea that it sets a bad precedent because as a president, you know, I don't know, they, it's something about like, you, you know, it's just bad to arrest a president. And I guess it's, you know, the argument of like political rivals because it sets a precedent. Every new party that gets elected is going to try to have the previous party's president arrested, you know, as soon as they get into power. And I think that's probably, I mean, I'm not saying that's fine, but I think 
the point of a democracy, to my understanding, again, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I probably am dumber than a lot of people. But I always thought my understanding of the purpose of democracy is that so that we didn't have, we weren't ruled by like, there wasn't a class system to power necessarily. Like if you, you could be anybody, as long as you had good ideas and people liked you, you could get elected. Now, obviously I think everyone knows, and I don't have to say this really, that our system has changed a lot from that idea. But I think that's the idea where everything kind of started, at least to my understanding. Um, and so I like the idea that a former president can face justice. I think that again, every, you know, put the fear of God into these people. They need to know that there's consequences for their actions. I think that if the idea behind democracy is that, you know, anyone can step up and serve in that capacity, that also means that you are anyone. You're not above reproach. It doesn't make you nobility. It doesn't add, it doesn't make you royal in a sense. Even though we've been treating it that way for quite a long time, I think the spirit of it should be that anyone, if you commit a crime, no matter how high profile you are, you have to pay the piper. You have to go serve your time. You have to get stuffed up your butt. You know, I, I wonder if he does go in, I wonder what kind of tattoos Trump's going to come out with. You know, you think he's going to get, cause you know, he's a white guy. So, I mean, you think, and, and like Nazis do love him. So you think he'll join that, that gang, you know? Um, and I hear, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, if you're a white guy and you go in, even if you're not a Nazi, if you don't join up with the Nazis, you're going to get fucked by everybody else. Uh, literally. And so that's why a lot of people will come out of jail with a lot of swastikas and stuff on their body. And then immediately, apparently there's like a lot of tattoo artists who will cover those up for free because they get it. They've been on the inside and they know that like, yeah, you didn't really have a real choice about, uh, about this. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that it's, you know, I, I hope he comes out. It'd be cool if he joined like, a Mexican gang and came out with all those cool Mexican tattoos, man, those like, cause here's the thing. Like I've never been a big fan. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck up. I like good art when it comes to tattoos. I like really like impressive art. I don't like basic like, stick and poke stuff, but what's cool about like Mexican tattoos is usually like the, the prison tattoos still are really good art. And that's awesome. I love seeing that. Like, I mean, well, I don't love seeing like that people have been to jail, you know, I don't obviously, but, um, I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're going to have tattoos, don't, don't make them be tacky. Get, get nice, cool tattoos. Right. I don't think anything like, like people always say like, oh, you know, pe people get judged for their tattoos. I mean, if they're stupid tattoos, sure. You know, like, cause it, it does, I'm not judging the tattoo. I'm judging your sense. You know, like if you get six, six, six on your forehead, you can't really bitch too much about not getting hired at the, at the, uh, the Baskin Robbins. You know what I mean? I don't think like, look, and I think that like, look, if you have the 666 on your forehead, I think that, you know, you got other issues you need to work out first before Baskin Robbins. I mean, I'm sure there's some places who would still hire you, um, but I don't think Baskin Robbins is going to do it. So that's, that's my point. Like, I don't, and I don't think that like necessarily having that on your forehead makes you a bad person. It just makes me question your choices, your, your long-term thinking, you know, is, is what, what really comes into question. So it's at that point, I'm just like, well, I could hire you, but how do I know that you're really in it for the long haul? You know, cause if I'm going to manage a Baskin Robbins, I want lifelong dedicated employees. I don't, I don't want people who just need a quick paycheck, you know? Um, cause that's how important it would be to me. I, you know, as a capitalist, I think it's important that we treat every job like a career, but we only pay the ones that are actually careers, like careers, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you have to work. If you want to make a lot of money in life, you have to, to be someone's, you know, stepping stone or, or not, not stepping stone. You have to be someone's 
punching bag kind of but not really like i don't know just someone they can take out all their shit on right and you got to do all the you have to work as hard as the money that you want to make you know if like so if you're doing any job right and you want to be the ceo of that company then you got to work as hard as that ceo because that ceo didn't become ceo for nothing think about how hard a ceo of a company works every single day that they go into their office you know people don't know this but like those chairs aren't comfortable you know those 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 chairs that they sit behind at their in their office or at their board meetings those are very uncomfortable chairs um you know that's why like really it's better to have to stand all day to be on your feet i think that's why it's better it's less work than to sit in those chairs you know you have to end up you know a lot of those people end up you know those corporate types end up with like hemorrhoids. I mean, sitting in a chair all day, you're going to gain weight. What's, you know, you work in an ice cream shop, you know, this, you know, that obesity is a real problem in this country. And, and look, and I'll be honest myself, I used to work in a warehouse and I was in, I was pretty svelte. I was in good shape, not good shape, but relatively good shape. And then I got promoted, right? Cause I worked hard and they put me in a, in a, in a chair and gave me a computer and a phone and said, you're going to be angry every day, but you get to sit in air conditioning. And I was like, oh, that's probably a fine trade-off. And then now I'm like way fatter than I used to be. And I, I'd like to say that I'm going to lose it. I really want to. I'm, I'm working on that, but it's not coming quite as fast. And honestly, it's that on top of everything makes me sometimes when I'm just driving down the road and I see those Georgia plates, it makes me just want to, never mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that path again. I'm just saying, I think that a president should go to jail, like if they commit a crime. I don't think that's such a crazy thing to say. I think we should really, you know, hammer home the idea that we should be. And I know, like, the people say we're not a democracy; we're a constitutional republic. And sure, whatever. But I mean, we still function on the philosophy that is democracy, right? Uh, we still, or we're supposed to be, anyway. And I think that we, you know, the the only way we can ever really preserve that is to really fucking make an example out of someone. Now, as much as I would like to build a guillotine and go all French Revolution on a lot of these people, um, not really because of anything ideologically. I just think it would be metal as fuck, right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a fun day, you know? Well, I'd like to see, like, you know, a lot of the internet news pictures of the stuff that, that doesn't make it onto CNN, but then they're like, Hey, this is what happened today, which, Hey, look, if there's enough people who are still as fired up about Trump as they were, that might become a reality, but it won't necessarily be like, I don't know, the people that I would like to see doing that or the people, I mean, some of the people probably would deserve it. I would imagine, but probably not all of them. Like, you know, I know those people would probably go after, uh, you know, AOC and that that's a travesty because uh, she's really pretty and I would like to ask her out on a date if she was ever single and and you know available and and stuff and I, I I'd hate to see her get her head cut off but because um, I mean honestly I, I agreed with a lot of what she had to say during the pandemic I didn't really you know I kind of only had a very narrow view of what her sort of ideas were pre that and I kind of believed what I was told and then you know didn't it was like ah she seems dumb. And then during the pandemic, I paid attention to her Twitter and she seems really cool and nice guys. I think she's really awesome. And I'd like to, you know, I don't know. Her birthday is public knowledge, right? I could just find that out and then like send her something. You think she likes like birthday presents in the mail? I don't know. That, that's probably, that's probably weird. I probably shouldn't do that. You know, maybe a card. Would a card be cool? Like, like I don't know. Like, would it be cool? Like a card and like at 20 bucks and say, get yourself something nice. You know, that way it's not like. It's not too pushy, you know, but at least it starts to build somewhat of a rapport. And I think that'd be cool. Um, we should cut like everybody else's head off, right? Like, I think that's probably fine. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's a few I think would be funny to watch you know, get their head cut off. But I, I don't know. It's probably it's probably a, um, a bad... Uh, uh, hypocrisy it's probably a bad hypocrisy for me to condemn her acts of horrific violence at the beginning of this episode and now i'm ending this episode talking about maybe we need a little bit more horrific violence maybe just a little bit 
I don't know, folks. Guys, we're we're it's 45 minutes into this episode, but I'm running out of steam real bad. I'm just saying awful things for the sake of saying them now. Um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, if you're if you're not already, go follow the Instagram page. It's Boomer Memes Pod. Uh, I'm not doing TikTok or anything like that. I'm old. I'm 40. I don't belong on TikTok. You don't want to see me on TikTok. Um, you know, go subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, you can find both of those at iansharpcomedy.com where you can find those and other links. Like you can go to my Patreon, actually support the show. If you really like the show, you want to keep it going. You want to see it um, grow and rise. And guys, I did buy a new bookshelf uh, for this room. So I'm, I'm getting in the process of really getting this place cleaned up, getting it video ready. Um, new cameras are not far away. This is a very real thing that's happening. Um, the first episode was just sort of a test to see how much work actually would it, it would require. Um, it was a little bit more than I was ready to jump dive headfirst into, but um, it does allow me to make better plans and get everything sort of, you know, actually situated in a way where it's, it's now a feasible, accomplishable goal and not something that um, sucks. You know, like, I think like this show, it's, it's had its ups and downs for sure. I think we can all agree on that. I think this episode has probably been one of my better ones in a while. I think I said some things that I personally thought were pretty funny. Maybe you didn't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so iansharpcomedy.com, go click on all the things, follow all the stuffs, like all the things, um, go do all that. Spend a whole day doing that. That's, that's a good use of your time. Uh, not, you could, you could just pick your favorite one of those things. I do have shirts, I have t-shirts. I don't think anyone has ever bought a Boomer Memes t-shirt. I should buy a Boomer Memes t-shirt just to have, just to wear it around. That'd be fun, right? I think that'd be cool. Probably, I don't know what, which one I would get, but we'll see. I got, you know, and I need to do more stuff like that, get more shirts out. That'd be, that's probably going to go on the to-do list probably after May 6th. Although it would be, man, what if I did a shirt order before? I don't know that I would sell enough to make it worth that. Never mind. Probably no shirts at that show. If if you want, if you're coming to that show and you want a shirt, let me know. And if enough of you say so, I will get some made. But in the meantime, you can just order one. Go to iansharpcomedy.com, find the merch link. Um, there is links to music that I used to play, the theme song to this podcast. Although I am looking to change that soon. I'd like to get some original music, but the current theme song is the opening breakdown on uh, my, with Faith or Flame's first album. You can go find that on Bandcamp through iansharpcomedy.com. You can also go check out the other band I was in. It's, it was called Unspoken Triumph. And I think we're going to do a reunion show at the end of the summer. So stay tuned for information about that. If you want to come headbang to some heavy metal and have a good time with me. Um, yeah, again, May 6th, the dark roast guys next week, tickets are going on sale. Um, if you forget, it's okay. Just listen to this next episode. I will be hyping it up. I'll be talking about it. It'll be a good time. There might be a discount. You might be able to get $8 tickets instead of $10 tickets. I think that might be a good way to do it because Honestly, I mean, you know, I got to think about like how how much that's actually going to be a hit to me, you know, because let's be real. I don't have the, the best numbers, I don't think. And then out of the percentage of people who listen to this, who's who are going to come to that show? I mean, I'd like to think a lot of you guys. It is I am going to brand it as Boomer Memes Presents. So it is a very um, synergetic with this show. Uh, I'm going to try and uh, really rely on one set of branding and not have to you know, have different branded startups all over the place. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's the plan is there. Um, uh, I'm doing, uh, man, I was, I think I was really good about not doing my ums through most of this episode. Now that I'm at the end, I'm like, um, um, I fucking am so bad at this guys. I need to get better at podcasting. And the only way that's going to happen is if you guys give me more money so that I can pay an editor to go in and clean all that shit up. Because I'm not actually gonna get better. That doesn't happen. I've watched other. I've actually watched other like you know content creators, YouTubers, and stuff talk about their process, and they do. I mean, you you'll notice it especially on YouTube where you can see the video, all the sharp cuts that are made, like where they're someone will say half a sentence and then it sharply cuts, and they just say the rest of the sentence. And like to your ears, it sounds pretty normal, but what you can actually tell there is they probably did a, um, uh, anyway, and then finished their sentence and they just clip that out. Whereas 
I catch some of that, but if I were to sit and do every individual time it happens, it would take editing to a crazy, huge, unsustainable level. And so you got to deal with some of my flaws, guys. That's just, that's just how it goes. I am a deeply flawed person. I understand this. I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't have a real plan for how to fix it, but you know, just one day at a time, pick one little thing that, that, you know, is out of order and put it where it goes. I think if you do that over an extended enough period of time, eventually you might just get your shit together. At least that's what I think. We'll see. I mean, really what it is, is you got to pick up two things because every day you're going to be putting one thing down. Like that's, I mean, I don't know if you ever like had to clean a place on a regular basis. I don't know how sloppy you people are out there. I'm pretty, uh, I'm not a neat freak. I mean, my dishes are a mess. That's my project tonight. But uh, it's, you know, the thing is, is you can't just clean and then keep it clean because you're always making messes. You're always having to, to upkeep things, you know. It'd be cool if like, oh, I took the trash out. So the trash is out, but I'm always making more trash, you know. It'd be cool if it's like, ah, I showered this week. I don't have to shower again. But no, I'm, I have the potential to be quite smelly. If I don't keep this shit in check, it gets bad. I don't know if you guys can relate. I mean, if you're listening to this show, I assume you can relate. I assume there have been times you've smelled yourself and been like, fuck, that's not even right. I need to go to a doctor, but I don't have health insurance. So I guess I'll take a shower. Then you take a shower and you go, yeah, I guess it's fine. Anyway, folks, that's been the show. I guess we'll cut this one short. It's all right. You know, it's like I said, quick circumstances. I'm going to have to get this turned around in a way quicker time than I normally do. Um, there is editing in this episode I'm going to have to do. So that's going to take some time and cut even more of the, the time off. But, you know, I think it'll be a good, a good thing. I know I'm just rambling. So let's wrap this up. Uh, once again, May 6th, the dark roast, keep your ears peeled for that. IanSharpComedy.com is where you can find everything related to the show. I've already said everything that's in there. Just go to IanSharpComedy.com, bookmark it, save it as your favorite. Go check it multiple times a week. Uh, you know, when you're on your cycle, you're like taking a shit and you're like, okay, check Instagram, then I check Twitter, then I check Facebook, see what's new. Add IanSharpComedy.com to that same cycle. I might start posting nudes there. I probably won't do that, but we'll see. You know, anything to make a buck really um that's that's the show you guys have fun we'll see you next week